it's great to be back with you guys. I want to say a quick hello to all of our campuses. And right now, I want to say a special welcome to our brand new, grand opened Rockport Fulton Church Unlimited. We love you guys. They're open right now. I got to be honest, I'm super jealous. I just got videos and pictures from my wife. She sent them over. She's there right now with my daughter. And Cole's out there as well. My other son, Mason's in San Antonio. We got like Cornelius to spread all across the state right now. But man, I'm so jealous. It just the building looks incredible. Let me show, I want to show all the campuses real quick. Let me show you what the building looks like. It just looks gorgeous. Except now it's full of people. And so it just, it just turned out so good. I think there's gonna be a lot of weddings in this place, by the way. You should see this, right? You can see the water from it. It's beautiful. And on the inside, it's all white. It's just, it's gorgeous. All the shiplap, it just turned out amazing. And so we're so proud of everyone who put so much work into that. Pastor Nick, congratulations. The whole team, you guys have done an outstanding job. Let's give it up one more time for Rockport Fulton. So happy for you guys, really am. Well, I have really enjoyed the last 30 days not preaching. I love to preach. I love bringing God's word, but I've really just got some great rest. It felt great. And we did not skip a beat. Here's what we had for the last 30 days. Check it out. Why does it take someone losing their life for us to go and tell people about Jesus? When we see our dreams are gone, Jesus says they're not gone, they're fulfilled in me. I'm not giving up my vineyard for vegetables. If we have the thing that brings unity, as Christians, we have the one true God. Why are we so silent about it? It's time we stop waiting for everyone else to be quiet and we start drowning everyone else out. It was such a great month, and we had some great communicators, yeah, and so I had a great time. Obviously, uh, my, my buttons are busting with pride for my boys. They did a great job, really proud of both of them, uh, but they've been asking, like, so dad, who preached better? I'm like, well, we still got to see what Sophie's got to offer, so we'll just wait and see. I think she's going to top both of them. We'll see. Anyways, I'm still really proud of them both. They did great. And Pastor Philip uh, always does great. And having Pastor Marcus Meekham here. So it was just a really great, restful time. But I'm ready to get after it. So you guys ready? Let's do this. I'm fired up. Do you feel stuck? A lot of times we feel stuck in life. And right now, many people feel that way because of the COVID crisis. People are in there like, I'm kind of stuck right now. Are my kids going to go back to school or not? Uh, is my job going to return like normal? Uh, what's going to happen with our economy? A lot of people feel stuck and they don't know what to do. They feel a little trapped. Maybe for you, you, you feel stuck in your marriage, not meaning that you want a divorce, but that you want it to be turned around. You want God to do something to, to make it happen. Or maybe you, you feel stuck with a, with a situation you're dealing with someone in your life that's just not going well. Or maybe you just feel stuck and you're depressed and feel like, man, Lord, I'm not where I wanted to be in life. A lot of times we just feel stuck. Well, that happened to a guy named Daniel in the Bible. Daniel followed the Lord. He obeyed God. And he ended up still kind of getting stuck in a really bad situation until God came through for him. So I just want to unpack that with you today. I think it's a very timely word. So if you've got your Bibles or your Bible app, you can open to Daniel chapter 6. We're going to dive right in. I've got a lot of content to cover, so I'm just going to go. Is that cool? You guys ready? Okay, let's do this. First of all, let's say our mission statement together. What are we here to do as a church? Why do we take the time to build a building in Rockport, Fulton? Why do we do that? Why have we put all this effort into all of our locations? Because we're here to do what? We're here to take as many people to heaven as we can before we die, period. That's what we're all about here at Church Unlimited. So let's dive right into Daniel chapter 6. Today's message is called Cancel Culture because we live in a world now that is cancel culture. Have you guys noticed that? Am I the only one that's noticed that it seems like someone says one thing wrong and everyone just piles on them on Twitter? 
right? Or Instagram or Facebook. They just go after them and say, oh, cancel them. You know, someone does one thing that, that offends someone that you, oh, fire them. They should lose their job. Their, their career should be over. It's unbelievable. Or, or they'll find something someone said 20 years ago. Oh, I found this and they said this or they did that. And so we're done with them. I mean, it's just gotten vicious, this whole cancel culture thing. It's gotten us all a little scared to, to say anything. And maybe you're like me, before you post something, you're like, oh, wait, is that going to come across wrong? Or who's going to take it this way or that way? It, we've gotten nervous because of the thought police is out to get everyone right now. And so this cancel culture is very real. But actually, it's not new. The Bible speaks of this years ago that people tried to cancel different people. Daniel, they, they tried to cancel him because of his faith, as I'm going to show you in the scripture. Check it out. It says in Daniel chapter 1, uh, by the way, let me give you a little background real quick. Daniel, when he was a teenager, he, he grew up in Israel with his family. Uh, and Israel was, was taken over by another nation called Babylon. Babylon came in, they, they had war, they, they beat Israel, killed a lot of people. But then some people, they said, let's take a handful of young men uh, back to Babylon and have them work for us. That's, that's, I think, called slavery, okay? And so they basically said, let's make them work for us. Let's make them do what we want. And so that's what they did. They trained them in Babylonian literature, Babylonian language. That they, they just, they, many times they even changed their names. And so they, they, that's what they did. They said, you're now a Babylonian, right? Of course, they weren't. They were Israelites and they, they loved their God. They didn't want to worship the false gods of, of Babylon. And so Daniel was very true to his God. He had a couple of friends, maybe you've heard of them, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And all three of those guys also were his buddies and, and his, his contemporaries, and, and they were also faithful to God. And of course, maybe you know the story with them being thrown into fiery furnace, that whole thing, all that happened. Okay. This is, uh, year, years later, uh, Daniel has a test of his own, and uh, he's being tested because he's now, he's, in, he's older now, by the way. People kind of imagine him, this is the story of the lion's den, being young. He was not young, he was actually older. In fact, just in case you're wondering, he was around 80. Most people don't realize that about Daniel. He was actually older, serving the Lord still faithfully, and had been since he was a teenager. He was now on his third king. They had had three different renditions of, of, of different kings that were, that were in charge, and he stayed faithful to his God through all of that. And so I just find it interesting because I think it's pretty important that we don't get so caught up in the moment of today because, you know, whoever you like and don't like in this current uh, a political cycle, it's going to change. So just be faithful to God. You just got to understand that, that that endures beyond everything else we're seeing in our world today. Be faithful to God. Does that make sense? That was Daniel. Daniel's just faithful to God. Period. I don't care who's in charge. I'm faithful to God. Okay? And so check it out. This is interesting. It says, Darius the Mede chose Daniel and two other administrators to supervise the high officers and protect the king's interests. Daniel soon proved... Daniel, sorry. Daniel soon proved himself more capable than all the other administrators and high officers. Because of Daniel's great ability, the king made plans to place him over the entire empire. So what this king had done is he had, he had divided up the entire empire into 120 groupings. So basically, just imagine it like states, 120 of them. Then he put a satrap, a leader, a governor, if you will, over each of these individual states. And so they're called satrapies, but that's kind of a big word for us. It's just, they were basically states and they had governors. And then they put three guys over all the 120 governors. Daniel was one of the three. Daniel had proved himself to be so effective that, that the king was thinking about placing him over all of, uh, basically where he'd be right below the king. And so Daniel's role was a very big deal in Babylon. This would be like uh, being the speaker of the house. This would be like being the majority whip. This would be like being a, you know, a top leader in, in the government, head of, head of CIA, head of FBI, you know, head of the Department of Justice. You know, this is a big position. So Daniel was over essentially 
a massive amount of government. Well, as you can well imagine, people got jealous of him. They were bothered by that. But the first thing I want you to know that God's calling all of us to do is this. Would you write this down? God wants you to be so good that you, they can't ignore you. He wants you to be so good at what you do that they can't ignore you. You may say, well, I'm, I'm not in government, Pastor. I'm in the military. Well, be so good as an officer, they can't ignore you. Be so good as a private that they can't ignore you. And you'll raise, you'll raise up over time. You say, well, I'm a stay-at-home mom. Be so good as a mom that other people say, wow, look at the way you raise those kids. That's incredible. You say, well, I, I'm, I'm in sales. Well, be top sales then. You know, learn everything you can about how to sell and sell well and sell with integrity and, and do a great job at it. Become a top salesperson. Whatever it is that you do, be so good at it that they can't ignore you. But you need to remember this. When you get good at something, they won't ignore you. They'll criticize you. That's part of leadership. And that's exactly what happened here to Daniel. Check out what happens next. Then the other administrators began searching for some fault in the way Daniel was handling government affairs. But they couldn't find anything. He was faithful, always responsible, and completely trustworthy. So they concluded our only chance of finding grounds for accusing Daniel will be in connection with the rules of his religion. So they went to the king and said, long live King Darius. We are all in agreement. By the way, whenever you hear someone say we're all in agreement, they're not. That's pretty much means you're about to get railroaded, okay? And so if, if everyone says everyone in the government agrees, that means, no, they don't. But me and my five friends do. We want to make it sound like there's a lot of us, right? We're all in agreement that the king should make a law that will be strictly enforced for the next 30 days. Any person who prays to anyone except you, your majesty, will be thrown into the den of lions and sign this law so that it cannot be changed and cannot be revoked. So King Darius signed the law. So what they, what they knew about Daniel is that he's faithful to his God. And so they knew he's not going to bow to the king. He only bows to his God. They knew that. And so they were trying to entrap him. So here you've got government officials trying to entrap someone to cancel them. Boy, it's glad, I'm glad that never happens here in America, aren't you? Okay, anyway, so number two is this. Cancel culture is not new. It's not new at all. This happens. It doesn't just happen in our culture. It happens everywhere. This has been happening for thousands of years. And so they go after someone. They're trying to find something that they've done wrong. They're trying to entrap him. And so that's what they said. Well, if we can't get him any of the laws, he hasn't broken any laws, then let's create a law that'll force him to break it. So that's what they did. They just, let's just create a law. Let's, let's, let's entrap him. And that's exactly what they did. So cancel culture is real. And they went after him big time. So look what happens next. I love what Daniel does, how, how he responds. Because be, being, being uh, someone who they go after, that's not new. I mean, are you really shocked that, that Republicans go after Democrats or Democrats go after Republicans? Is that even shocking anymore? Do you I mean, come on, it's so common, right? It's just, it's not news to, to, to any of us. Are you really shocked that there's office politics where you work? No. I mean, none of that's new. All of that's just standard procedure. It's very normal. If you work in the government, if you work in the military, there's politics there. There's office politics. If you work, you know, at your school, you know, some people like the former principal, some people like the new principal. I mean, just, that's just part of what we do. People are people in any, any facet, wherever you go, you're going to have that kind of thing. People grouping up and going against this person. And then there's this faction versus that faction. That just stuff, that stuff happens. But the difference is how we as Christians handle it. And this is what should set us apart. And this is what set Daniel apart. So look what Daniel does when he finds out that they're going after him. Check it out. But when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, he went home and knelt down as usual uh, in his upstairs room. He prayed three times a day, just as he had always done, giving thanks to his God. Think about that. What did he do? I'm going to go home and pray. What did you do yesterday? I went home and prayed. What did you do the day before that? I went home and prayed. You just keep doing what you're doing. You, just, you don't change it. You just, 
You just keep being who you are. I wonder if one of the reasons why COVID's been so hard on us is because we've kind of been exposed without having all the regular things we do in life that when we go home, that we've been exposed for what we aren't doing at home. One of the, one of the things that's been so tough about this is that, you know, Daniel could be found at home on any given day praying to his God. But I wonder if maybe the reason we're so bothered by COVID isn't just because our regular routines have been interrupted, but maybe it's because a lot of our routines have become part of our, what we really thought was our God rather than going home to our God and praying and worshiping him. Does that make sense? We need to get back to some basic things, right? So what does he do? He goes home and he thanks God. It says, then the officials went together to Daniel's house and found him praying and asking for God's help. Now, a couple of things I want to point out here. First of all, Daniel, he goes and he prays, but he doesn't just pray, he thanks God. And so every day he would go home and he would, and he would thank God. And this is a great thing to start off our prayer time with God is to always thank him for all the good things he does. But we think that means, oh, life is good, so let's be thankful. No, 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 no. When life is bad, be thankful. And so that day he must have said to God, God, I want to thank you that people are after me. Think about that for a second. I don't know what you're facing today. Maybe you need to pray something like this. Lord, I want to thank you for cancer. God, I want to thank you for this lawsuit I'm in. Lord, I want to thank you for this divorce I'm in the middle of that I never thought would happen. God, I want to thank you for my child rebelling. Lord, I want to thank you for being laid off from work. Lord, I want to thank you for this economic difficulty. Lord, I want to thank you for the mess I'm in. Lord, I want to thank you for this addiction because I want to thank you for what I'm facing right now because this is an opportunity for you to show that you are truly God. Amen. Let's have that kind of faith that we believe God can turn anything around because he can. So while he's praying to God, look what they're doing. Daniel chapter 6, verse 13. Then they told the king, that man, Daniel, one of the captives from Judah, is ignoring you and your law. He still prays to his God three times a day. They're like, we went over to his house and we saw him praying. Like, oh, whoa, what a horrible thing to do. So that was how he offended them because he was praying. I find that a little funny today. People are shocked when we as Christians act like, shh, don't tell anyone, Christians. Like, are you shocked? if we take this viewpoint or that viewpoint because it's based upon the Bible. So we're just holding true to God's word and yet people act shocked. We didn't move the goalposts, you did. We still believe the Bible. We haven't moved from that. So if you wanna know my viewpoint of something, just open up the Bible and that's pretty much what my viewpoint is. Does that make sense? We're not backing off of it and we don't need to back off of it. Just because someone's screaming loudly doesn't change my opinion. God's word is still God's word. So look what happens. They said, that man, that one of the captives from Judah, he's ignoring you and your law. He still praises God three times a day. Hearing this, the king was deeply troubled, and he tried to think of a way to save Daniel. At last, the king gave orders for Daniel to be arrested and thrown into the den of lions. The king said to him, may your God, whom you serve so faithfully, rescue you. The king didn't want to kill Daniel. The king was entrapped also by his own words. He didn't think it through. And they said, we got this great idea, king. You should sign a law. Here it is. I wrote it up for you, right? They're like, that's when you're like, wait, what? Wait, you already have this ready for me? I'm like, come on, dude, you're, you're getting railroaded. You know? Oh, we all agree. All of our departments, we all got together. We all agree you should do this. When everyone says everyone agrees, that means I believe this. So don't let someone intimidate you with your little, with your little fake army behind them. No, no, we all agree. We all talked. You know, everyone feels this way about you. You mean you and your mom and your best friend, right? That's what you mean when you say everyone. Just be really careful when someone brings their invisible army to stand against you. We all agree. That doesn't mean everyone agrees. And so it, it's so funny how 
as Christians, we've gotten really shy. I've just noticed this lately. We're all kind of nervous to say our opinion and take our stance and have our perspective. It seems like no one else seems to be shy, but why are we being shy? You know, because we feel like, oh, but I'll offend someone and someone may try to cancel me. And oh no, someone on Facebook may not like me. Lord forbid. What would you do? I got an idea. Turn it off. There's a crazy idea, right? Who cares? Why are we so consumed with fear instead of living in faith? And by the way, they don't want you to know the truth. In fact, I saw an interview with at Jack, Mr. Twitter. He didn't want to admit it, but they finally asked him. They said, what's the number one thing on Twitter? It was an inside business story they were doing. What's the number one thing posted on Twitter? And he didn't want to admit it, but he finally said, well, honestly, the truth, the truth is the number one thing posted on Twitter. I already knew what it was before he said it. The number one thing posted on Twitter is the same thing that's the number one thing posted on Facebook. That's the same thing as the number one thing posted on Instagram. It's the Holy Bible. The number one thing posted is Scripture. It's still number one. It dominates. It is the trend. So why... If the number one thing posted on all Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter is the Bible, then why are we acting so scared to stand in our faith? The New York Times have been lying to you for years, too. They always say every single week, oh, here's the number one best-selling book this week. No, it's not. They lie, and they have for years because they, they finally took off the number one book. They, didn't want, they just said, well, we can't post it every week because it would just be ridiculous. Because you know it's the number one book sold every single week, which has been sold every single week for not just since the New York Times been around, but hundreds of years, even thousands of years before that, is called the Holy Bible. It's the number one selling book every single year worldwide. We should have confidence and stand on this word. It still remains. Every, all these trends are going to come and go. God's word remains. If you've got God on your side, you already have a majority. Stand strong in your faith. Don't be scared. Don't be scared just because someone's coming after you. You don't need to worry about that stuff. Cancel culture is real, number two. It really is real. People do want to come after you. But what do we need to do? We need to be more like Daniel, number three. While others are strategizing against you, go to God in prayer. While other people are strategizing about you, you strategize with God. Just go to God. He's got you. He's got your back. You don't need to worry about it. Can I point something else out in the scripture? I just thought this was kind of interesting. It said, he said, they told the king, that man, Daniel, one of the captives from Judah. Huh, that's funny. Daniel's been working for us for years and you never mentioned his race before. But all of a sudden, when you want to get your agenda across, the fact that he's an Israelite now matters. The fact that he's Jewish now matters. You never mentioned that before. But all of a sudden you mentioned that. Can I just warn you of something right now? You're being played. You're being used. And people are trying to divide our country up into every little color and every little race and every little grouping so they can get their agenda. But I hate to break it to you, but when they're done with, your, with the agenda, they're done with you. Amen. You just need to know that. This is all an agenda. And so when, don't let, listen, don't let people divide us. Last time I checked, we are called the United States of America. One nation under God. And so I want to encourage you, we don't have to have all the same ideas. We don't need to look the same. We don't have to be the same color. I don't have to have your opinion or you my opinion. We can be different in those areas and still be united. We don't have to agree on everything. It's okay. I hardly agree on everything with my own family when we're trying to choose where to go out to eat. <laughs> so what makes you think you're going to agree with everyone? Is that now required for us to be united? We have to agree on everything? That's crazy. It's okay to disagree. That's the beautiful thing about our countries. We have all different perspectives. But can we agree on a couple simple things like freedom, 
Like the fact that God has blessed us and if we'll just stay submitted to him, yes, we need to improve things, of course, always, but let's just stay submitted to him and keep inviting him into our culture because God, we need you. We want your hand on us because we want to still be blessed by you. Don't get quiet, get louder. Don't get quiet, get louder. There is a battle going on in our culture and we need to take our rightful spot. We need to be able to speak truth. I'm not saying to fight people, but what I am saying is stand for the truth of God's word. Daniel did not back off. He didn't pick a fight. They picked one with him. And when you pick a fight with God's man, God's going to pick a fight with you. And that's exactly what happens at this point. And so I want to mention something else that's really cool. Check it out. Daniel chapter 6, verse 17. A stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den. So Daniel was thrown into a den of lions. The den of lions, these are real lions. They normally, there's very normal practice for them to starve out the lions for a few days before they put someone in there. So they would immediately just maul them. They would devour them immediately and kill them. So Daniel's thrown into a lion's den, right? These are real lions. These are not made by Disney going, akuma matada. No, 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 real lions, okay? And so he's thrown into a lion's den. Sorry, I don't know where this stuff comes from. It's just, I forgot to take my ADD medicine again, sorry. But I think it's interesting that it says a stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den. The king sealed the stone with his own royal seal and the seals of the nobles so that no one could rescue Daniel. They're like, hey, let's go ahead and put the steel, the, the stamp, you're right. Basically, this is a Twitter, this is the, the verified, right? Oh, we're verified, we're a big deal. Let's put our seal on it, yeah. And so that's what they did. They put, they put their seal on it. All the nobles can put their seal on it. Like no one can, you know, he can't escape this basically is what they tried to do. But I think there's another person in the Bible that they tried to put a stone over him too and keep him down. Wasn't there a guy that did that too? Let me think what his name was. Oh, yeah, Jesus. And Pilate also put his seal over that stone. Did that hold him down? I don't think so. Because here's the truth. You can't hold a man or woman of faith down. If you will stay faithful to your God, he will always come through for you. Listen, I'm going to tell you something now. I didn't take the last 30 days off so I could just come back relaxed. No, I'm coming back swinging because it's time for us to get back in a fight and have your confidence back because God has big things for you to do. Let's go. Let's do this. God does not want you to get shy and quiet about your faith. He wants you to stand firm in who you are made in Christ without apology. Without apology, let's be Christians in the marketplace, in the world, in politics, in government, in everything that we do, let's take our faith with us because that's what they want to cancel. They want to say, oh yeah, you can have your faith, but just be quiet, stay in the corner, shut up and let us run everything. No, that's not how it works. No, no, no. God gave us authority. Jesus said, by all authority, I come and I give you that authority too. So stand in the authority that God has given you without apology. Now, let me show you something else about Daniel. I love this. Let me, let me finish this thought real quick on this whole seal thing. Look at Matthew 27. So we Pharisees request that you, that would be Pilate, seal the tomb until the third day. This will prevent his disciples from coming and stealing his body and then telling everyone he was raised from the dead. Pilate replied, take guards and secure it the best you can. So they seal the tomb and post the guards to protect it. Well, that didn't work out, did it? Because we know that an angel came and they rolled away the tomb right? And Christ rose again. And so in the same way, I want to tell you, your God specializes in taking you from stuck to freedom. He specializes in taking you from held back to instead of being propelled forward. God specializes in resurrections. And so I don't know what's going on in your life, but here's my message today. Number four, God does his greatest work when you are stuck between a rock and a hard place. He does his greatest work in your life. So I need to tell you something. You're not stuck. You're exactly where God wants you to be. 
Because this is when God shows up and does what only he can do. I know you look and you think, man, pastor, it looks like to me our cities are burning. Yeah, it does look that way, but there's still a God who's in control. God is bigger than all the things we're facing. He's got you. He's got you. You don't need to live in fear. You can trust that the Lord will take care of you. Look what happens. This is, this is incredible. I love what happens next. Daniel chapter 6. Very early the next morning, the king got up and hurried out to the lion's den. He called out in anguish, Daniel, was your God able to rescue you from the, from the lions? Daniel answered, long live the king. My God sent his angel to shut the lions' mouths so that they would not hurt me. For I have been found innocent in his sight and I have not wronged you, your majesty. So he says, hey, yes. So he cries out from the lion's den, I'm still here, king. God shut the mouths of the lion because, and what's this because? Because I didn't do anything. Because they were wrong. Because I'm innocent in your sight. No, he says, no. Because I'm innocent in God's sight. We are way too worried about being innocent in the Twitter mob's sight than we are about being innocent in God's sight. Can I tell you something? We have made man big and God small. It's time for us to make God big again and man small. What he thinks matters the most. Let's not be ashamed. Let's not be embarrassed. Let's stand in our faith because what God thinks is what counts and what matters the most. But I think something else happened here that, that's profound. What Daniel does is so remarkable. He doesn't just say, God shut the mouths of the lions because I'm innocent in his sight and God's sight. He then says this. He says, and I have not wronged you, your majesty. He says to the king, and I have not been disloyal to you, king. Yeah, you're right. I only bow my knee to my God, but I have not been disloyal to you. Let me tell you why that's so unique. Because we live in a world today, it's all about you getting yours and you going after someone and they attack you and you attack them back. But as Christians, we're not called to do that. We're called to love our enemies. We're called to bless those who curse us. I want to challenge you with that right now. Is someone cursing you? Is someone going after you? Bless them. Jesus died on the cross for the very people who nailed him to the cross. You know, the funny thing is, is I'm called to reach the very people who criticize me. Sometimes, parents, you understand this. You're called to love the very child that's saying that they hate you. You're called to serve those who are after you. Daniel, you know what he did the next day after this happened? Seriously, think about this for a second. What does Daniel do the next day after all of the government officials and the king tried to have him killed? You know what he did the next day? He went to work for the government and the king again. I mean, let's just be honest. Would you go to work for someone who tried to have you killed? That's the counter-revolution we're really involved in is that Jesus is not trying to cancel us. The cancel culture has no redemption. I'm just done with them. They should lose their job and no one should like them ever again. I'm canceling them. Where's the redemption in that? Jesus comes along and says it this way. He says, no, 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 I'm not canceling you. I'm gonna die on the cross and cancel your sin. And so we don't live as Christians in a cancel culture. We live in a redemption culture where God says, yeah, you said something stupid 10 years ago. You're not canceled over that. You're forgiven. You're made new. Christ died for you. He paid the price for all the wrongs we have done. So let's shift out of cancel culture to redemption culture because we all need it. Every one of us. 
Think about it. The king couldn't even change the law he wrote because he said, this law shall not be revoked. The next day he regretted that. Oh, I wish I would have said that. They're all bowing to me now and I, I, I got to look like I'm God because they're all worshiping me now. And, and now I look like a fool if I go back and change my mind and I can't do that. And so he was trapped by his own law. I think it's important for you and I to remember that even if you write the law, it'll break you. We all need grace. All of us. And so Daniel, not only did he have his God come through for him, did he turn it on the king now and go, you guys kill him. Look, I should be in charge. He didn't do that. He's a king. I've never quit being loyal to you. Can I tell you something right now? I don't have to agree with you to love you. You don't have to agree with everyone's perspective for them to be your brother and your sister. I can care for you and respect you and I can vote differently. I can think differently. I can have different philosophies and different perspectives and I can still love you and you can still love me. Can we get back to just caring for one another irregardless of our different perspectives? We, someone has to speak the truth in our culture right now and say, this is getting ridiculous. It's time for us to love people with a different perspective. It's time for us to care for one another again. The Bible says they will know us by our vote. Oh, that doesn't say that, does it? Oh, they will know us by our philosophy. No. They will know us by who we support, what we're into. They will know us by, by us being right. Doesn't say any of that. They will know us by our love. It's simple. It's not complicated. Let's get back to loving one another. Stay in your ground. Stay in your faith. And if people don't agree with you, that's okay. Don't worry about it. You just can't worry about it. The other day I, I was told I didn't know about this. Apparently some people went after me on Twitter. I was like, oh, I didn't even know because I'm not on Twitter. So I was like, oh, okay. I mean, I, I had people post for me and occasionally I'll look, but I, you know, people say, what'd you do when the people were going after you? I, I think I had dinner and watched some TV and went to bed. I don't even remember which day it was, to be honest with you. I, I just, I'm just not worried about it. And by the way, if you're so caught up in what people think, please do not aspire to leadership. Can I tell you something that really helped me a long time ago? Someone told me. I think it was John Maxwell. I heard this, not directly from him, but I heard him teach this one time. really helped me. From an emotional standpoint, if you need them, you can't lead them. Think about that as a parent. If I need my kids' approval, I can't lead them. If I, I don't, don't be offended. If I need you, I can't lead you. Because my job many times calls me to teach truth that's not popular. So I can't need your approval. If I, if I, if I always cater, oh, I gotta make sure everything I say is good with you. If I do that, I can't, I can't lead. And so I have to stand and worship and preach to an audience of one. Because I need him. And if he approves, if he approves, then who cares what someone down the street that you don't even know thinks? If he approves. Because one day I'm not going to give an answer <laughs> to someone's philosophy or interest or opinion. I'm going to give an answer to God for what I do with my life. And so are you. So let's think twice about that. Yeah, I want to be careful about what I post and what I say. But not because I'm scared of other people, because I want to make sure I honor God. He's the one that counts. He's the one that matters. So if I could just give you this equation. Let me read one more scripture. I'm going to give you kind of a math equation to close with. Daniel chapter 6, 23 through 26 says this. The king was overjoyed and ordered that Daniel be lifted from the den. Not a scratch was found on him. 
Then King Darius sent this message to the people of every race and nation. I decree that everyone throughout my kingdom should tremble with fear before the God of Daniel. For he is the living God and he will endure forever. His kingdom will never be destroyed. His rule will never end. This king was saying, hey, look, I'm going to come and go. But Daniel's God is here to stay. Can I tell you something? Politics are going to come and go. All this junk you're seeing right now in the news going to come and go. It'll be different issues in five years. But your faith remains. Stay with God. He's eternal. He is not just trending today. He'll be trending 100 years from now. And so I want to challenge you to look past the hype and to go to God and just be God's man, be God's woman, be faithful to God. If you'll do that, that changes everything else. So here's the conclusion. Would you write this down? Here's a little, a little uh, equation I'd like to give you. Your unwavering faith and loyalty plus God's deliverance equals a massive witness. Your unwavering faith to God and loyalty to people plus God's deliverance equals a massive witness. I want to challenge you to be that person. Today, we need principled people who stand on God's truth more than ever. Let's be that people. Would you bow your heads with me, every head bowed, every eye closed, and we just take a moment to pray. I want to encourage you today. I believe God is speaking to you, and he is telling you to no longer be afraid. Stand in your faith. You don't need to be embarrassed. You don't need to apologize that you're a Christian. That's ridiculous. We should stand strong in who we are in Christ, who he made us to be, with your head bowed and your eyes closed, I want to encourage you today. Maybe, maybe you began to lose your faith. Maybe you began to get really discouraged. There's a Gallup poll that's been done for years now. Over 50 years, this Gallup poll's been taken every single week. to ask people about how happy they are. One of many questions they ask. And they said this last month, America hit the lowest it's ever hit in 50 years. Two ways to interpret it. Number one, people are discouraged by what they're seeing. But number two, the good news is that people don't like what's happening. So it's easy for us to fall into the, oh, maybe this is what people really want. No, it's not. America's not happy with this. We want to love one another. We want to get along. So let's not let people divide us. With your head bowed and your eyes closed, maybe today you just need to know there's a God who still loves you. He's got your back. You're not going to get canceled by him. He cancels our sin. If you just need to know that God is with you and that you still have the majority on your side, which is him and him alone, he is the majority. If you just needed that hope today, would you lift your hand high to God and just thank him that he's speaking to you? Praise God. There's hands going up all across, all across our campuses. I see those hands right now in Rockport, Fulton. Praise God. Out at Rodfield, Stone Oak. Thank you. We see that hand right now. Praise God. In Padre Island. Praise God. Online. Thank you so much. Praise God. God sees you. You're not stuck. You're right where he wants you. So call out to him. He will come through for you. Your head bowed and your eyes closed. Christ did not come to cancel us. He came to cancel our sin. So he took himself to the cross to pay the price for all the wrongs we've done. Jesus died for our sins and he rose again from the grave, proving that he's God. Now he waits for you and me to individually receive him. You can pray this prayer with me and you can receive Christ as your Lord and your Savior. Just pray this prayer out loud. You can say, dear Jesus, I realize I need you. I believe you died for my sin. And I believe you rose again. I ask you to come into my heart. Be my Lord and be my Savior. I repent of my sins. I put you in first place. Thank you, Jesus, 
for saving me. In your name we pray. Amen. Isn't God good? His word is so true.